So rumor has it that you sold your company. What? <laughs> that's, that's what the streets say. That's what the streets talking. You sold your company. <laughs> Uh, how long were you building the co- the main choice? The main choice. How long were you building the company? I created the main choice in 2013. Okay. Sold it in 2019. Six years. Six years. How much revenue was the company doing when you sold it? Uh, on the course of those six years, we've done uh, over 100 million in sales. So six years, you made 100 million in sales. Mm-hmm. What'd you sell it for? I haven't disclosed that number. No, I haven't. This number is just floating out there, but I'm letting them let float, you know. Are you under an agreement that says you can't, or are you just like, oh, I don't want shit? I'm not under an agreement. Um, I just think, you know, when it comes to things of that magnitude, you want to be very strategic. You so whatever the you D, the yeah. D, Detroit says, well, you make that much money, you don't tell nobody. <laughs> Man, no matter what you see out there, whatever you believe, that's what you believe, and let everybody else believe it. I, <laughs> I really, really, it's important to know, right? Okay, Only because okay. you're giving, you're giving people hope, okay. especially myself. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to exit for a number, I want to know what someone else that looks like me mm-hmm. was doing when they exited mm-hmm. to see what I could get. What well, you know. Is a hundred million close? Yes. God. <laughs> that's insane yeah it's it's been a journey you okay okay you are making you are i just i guess over six years you grossed a hundred million dollars correct yes what part of that was take home i would probably say we had great margins which mm-hmm. is a you know a big thing when it comes to scaling the business and even selling it you know yeah. what is it what is it worth mm-hmm. and that's going to be part of your you know your your value but i would say you know the average company sometime if they can say we're you know we're keeping 30% that's good but mm-hmm. we were way higher than that really way higher than that the way we operated like i'm very lean when it comes to our team mm-hmm. um it's a lean team, but I, I pay well. Yeah, Let me just sure. say that. So I'll yeah. make sure my people stay around. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know your margins, that's what's going to make your company be evaluated to where it is. Mm. So Did you start with sale in mind? I didn't. Actually, I thought it was crazy. Like when someone even approached me with it, like, oh, when are you going to sell? I'm like, what? I'm sell? Never. Like, <laughs> no. Like that's not, you know, Legacy. So far from it. But I would say, you know, the more experience you become and the more mature you become in your business and as an entrepreneur, then you start to learn, you start to educate yourself because it's nothing like self-education. No mm-hmm. one's going to come and sit down and talk to you what you should and should be doing. You have to self-educate. You're not learning this stuff. I have a bachelor's degree in science and no one is teaching me this stuff at school. So you start to learn what is business? What does that next level look like? How do you get to a billion dollars? Mm. nine out of 10 acquisition will be involved. So when we see a lot of these people at this billion dollar mark, I guarantee you there was acquisition involved. Guarantee. I would say 90 high 90 some percent. You know what I mean? But no one talks about it. No one shares that piece. Mm. You know, people are more concerned with those, you know, this is what I bought, you know? Um, And there's a lot of, you're saying, you're saying when somebody's building a company, Rihanna, for instance, let's say she built out Fenty. 
you're saying this billion dollar valuation didn't come from Rihanna grinding, selling these lip glosses. I don't even hardly want to touch on that. And I will say why. Because we as the people are very passionate about what we know. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but there's so much that we don't know. And let me just speak general because, you know, I never want to. I respect everybody in sure. any business and, you know, all that good stuff. But at the same time, I am very passionate about the truth. Um, but some people don't want to know the truth. Some people are comfortable with what they know. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of them frustrates them and upsets them. Yeah. So you have to go back and say, before we see about evaluation, who owns what? Who truly owns what? And I think for a lot of people out there who we love and admire, they don't sit in the positions that we think they sit in. Mm. I can hope I, if that hope that helps a little bit. It does. You're saying. There are major, and there's a lot of people that, yeah, obviously, we're not just talking about Rihanna, but there's a lot right, of situations. Right. So behind what we see, are you saying there is they don't someone that will own it? No. A lot of people will come in as a face, and they will start to kind of scale from there. And they will come in as either a face and then a small investor. But to be able to, and I, again, I'm not talking about anyone in general. Yeah. We're just talking about, let's just say, celebrities when we see a lot of celebrities come into industries fashion beauty and they launch it's not them that's behind it i don't care and once again you ask me how much Mm. did my company sell for i don't care what you see online you know what i mean i know the real i've been approached by some people to help on projects some people are solely the face and then as they start to scale and grow they will get more and more but when a whole, let's say, for instance, like the Black Lives Matter hit, and this is kind of when like a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I didn't even know Courtney sold a company. It wasn't until then. But I, I look back at the list where they said, well, I'm supporting this company because it's black. And I'm just like, but it's, it's not. not you know what I mean? I don't want to be the one to say it because it's not like, oh, you a hater because you sold your company. And it's, so I'm just like, you know, I teach people who want to learn, you know, all day long. But yeah. for the ones that wants to live in uh, where they want to live in mentally, then, you know, that's cool too. Mm, I, you never really think about this kind of stuff. You don't. And you know what? It, again, not hounding on this one situation, but uh, it, no, never mind. I'm proud of everybody. <laughs> yeah, we are. And that's because you know, some stuff and pop it out of nowhere. You're like, where are you? No, and it doesn't take away. It just yeah. is hard conversation because we love, and even my support. You know what I mean? Like, I was never upset when I didn't get the support when I sold my company. I'm a person, I'm again, I'm from you Detroit, I'm down to earth. No, I didn't have the support. Like, I was almost it? crucified by most of the community for selling my company. No way. And we also, I mean, while we're here, we see a lot more in the industry, um, especially with females. So if I was a dude and sold, oh my God, you sold your company, that's what's up. But when you're a woman in the business and you sell... You're even more scrutinized. Why were they scrutinizing you for something? Because it's like, oh, you sold out. Oh. And it's like, did I? But these people never sold in. Oh, bro. Like, oh my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we don't we don't wanna, you know, we don't wanna tell those stories, but it's like, you know, okay. But it, it what happens though, it prevents us from learning. Mm. And that's the piece that I'm still passionate about. Again, I don't care what anybody has to say. If you want to learn, 
I'm going to be there to teach you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had two people, like when I sold my company, it was either the ones that said, oh my God, why did you? And the ones that said, oh my God, how did you? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, the only thing I should be getting asked at this point to be able to come into an industry, no loan, no line of credit, no credit cards, and had in my 30s to grow a company from the ground up and sell it in six years, the only thing you should be asking me is, how did you do it? How did you do it? <laughs> this whole conversation is going to be on how did you do it? Oh my gosh, I am a student. <laughs> exactly, wow. and I remain a student yeah. to this to this day. Man, oh, so what were your first year sales? What did you do the first year? My first year, I did $183,000 in sales. Incredible. My second year, I did $2.5 million in sales. What happened between year one and year two? I'm hustling. I'm still getting the word out, did untraditional marketing. I'm out here in these streets. I'm at malls. I'm setting up in the malls. You're going to send me back at the mall again. Mm. I'm setting up at the, you know, whatever it takes. I'm still at home. My first four years, I was at home. The next year, I did $6.5 million in sales. Still at home. The next year, I want to say we did $2.5 million. Still That's at home. That's pre-PPP, too. <laughs> this before the, 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 the country is flooded. The world's flooded with money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And this was at home. Then I said, okay, let me expand. Hold on, I'm sorry. First year, $183,000. Uh-huh, 183. Second year, 2. 5. 2. 5. Third year, 6.5. 6.5. And then 12.5. 6.5 and 12.5. Goodness gracious. And then I went into retail. So those last two years mm-hmm. was the bulk of it. Yeah, that was a nice, you know, that was a nice chunk of change at home. But you was building that momentum for four years. Though. Oh, for sure. For sure. So then when I got to retail, now I have an audience. Mm-hmm. I have people I can say, go get the product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which made me more valuable to retailers. What retails were you in? Ooh, I was in Walmart, Target, CVS, Rite Aid, uh, Walgreens, uh, Kroger's, um, you name it. If it's a product can be sold there, I was there. I'm here. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's so, do um, introduce yourself to those that don't know. Okay, my name is Leah Dias. I'm from Inglewood, California. I'm here in Atlanta now, mm-hmm. and I own Hype Hair Magazine, which, if you know hair, uh, it's been around for 33 years. It is the authority in black hair. And I also own a chain of beauty supply stores called Ooh. The Girl K Ballet. That's why. Because mm-hmm. you're lit. Thank you. Hype Hair it. Magazine for yeah. 33 years. And yes, I remember seeing it vaguely as a child. Yeah, it's like, it's a legacy magazine. It's like, yeah. if you grew up in any urban city, you saw it at your local newsstand, yeah. 7-Eleven, whatever it was. And for a black woman, it was like the magazine that we referenced for our hairstyles. Yeah. It would come out on a Friday. You fold over the pages you want, and you take it to the hair salon on Saturday. Mm. So it's like nostalgia for black women. Okay, so you obviously didn't start Hype Hair Magazine. I'm too young for that. Right, yeah, I was about to say, (laughs) 33 years, goodness gracious. How did you come to acquire it? Um, So I actually worked with the magazine, creating content with them. Mm. Um, And then the owner was getting ready to sell it. So some people on his team said you should make a bid and at first I was like this is like not really my angle but then I thought about it I'm like I can make it my angle yeah. so I put in a bid of all the people that put in a bid for hype hair he selected mine and so what year was this it's been um three years now three years three years I've been the owner oh yeah I'm I'm very curious just be, being in the magazine space mm-hmm. because everything's online uh 
What did you base your bid off of? Um, so Hyperion <clears throat> transitioned from print to mm -hmm. digital. Mm -hmm. So there's an advertising base, okay. but it's all digital ads. It's different. And so the bid was based on, obviously, the trademark and the nostalgia of being a yeah. legacy brand. But then also, too, the advertisers that have been working with Hyperion for the last 30 years. So there is a revenue base there. And so that's what. Um, so, well, before you put in the bid, were you, did you see the numbers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were they good? No. No, I would imagine. No. So was, uh, I, okay, was it a so profitable company? Good, it, good, is, good is relative. Yeah, of course. Um, it was good for a digital, um, I'm sorry, a print publication that had moved to digital because everyone else had become a, extinct. Yeah, for sure. So to be sustainable, it was good. I saw life in it. Was it was it profitable? Was it breaking even? It was, was profitable. It, it was profitable. Barely, <laughs> but it was profitable. Barely, okay, okay. But I saw a lot of opportunities in it, and so there was a relationship with Conair, and we could talk about this now or later, but um, there was a royalty deal on the table. That was that, a good time. Okay, cool, let's talk about it. <laughs> so there was a royalty deal that was on the table but hadn't been cultivated with Conair. Conair is a billion-dollar company. Like, oh, wow. Um, and so when I saw that, I said, I can breathe life into this relationship. So that was a lot of value for me. And over the last. I'm sorry, don't don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The. When you say there was a royalty deal with Conair. Licensing. So basically Conair would use the yeah. Hyper name yeah. to develop products that basically speak to black, black women. Because Conair, if you think about it, it's not really like I a black. Name. You got to explain it to me. Conair yeah. is like, if you go on your mama or your wife's dresser drawer or beauty drawer they have a conair brush blow dryer somewhere okay every it's like the staple yeah. is the number one hot tool company i've seen the curling iron the little clap thing. yes okay, okay that's, I've seen that. that's a conair clap. curling yeah. iron yes. yes okay so conair basically used the hyper name to market those products to black women and so um it so was conair is a white owned company yes mm -hmm. and they wanted to use Hype hair to mm -hmm. create products to sell to this particular demographic. Right. Which because is smart. black women are very particular about the products, the mm -hmm. tools, all of that that we use. And so there needs to be a authoritative stamp that is for us. Got it. And Conair has the authority, but maybe not with black women. But Hype hair does have that authoritative voice. And so with black women when it comes to hair, so they use our name, licensed products. Mm -hmm. So when I brought Hyper, it was on the table, but the relationship hadn't been cultivated. There mm -hmm. were no new products. There was really nothing going on. Mm -hmm. The products had been developed like 20 years ago. They weren't in stores. You had to like call Conair and like go through this long process to even get a hold of the product. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that part was not profitable, but I saw life in it. Mm -hmm. um, so my life's work for the last three years has to revive that relationship mm -hmm. and now we're in um 300 and something nordstrom's racks we're in 900 oh, wow. and something burlington's we're online so kind of just like revitalizing that has really been so nordstrom racks burlington meaning hair tools tools mm -hmm. oh so not because when you think about that you think i close but there's always this section of yeah okay beauty tools it. so oh, wow. um we're in all the beauty sections so we have Combs, brushes, um, ponytail holders. There's a business podcast, so I'm going to ask you some some numbers. Mm -hmm. In the uh, so, so Conair 
develops the product. Correct. Uh, uses high pair. They sell it and just send you some money back, or right. are they just giving you a certain amount of money to be able to use this name for whatever they want? How does that work? It's a little bit of both. <coughs> so they pay a licensing fee, mm -hmm. a flat licensing fee to use the name, but yeah. then there's also royalties involved based upon the sales. Mm -hmm. So the more that I market, the more that I make the product attractive and the more it sells, it's like I that's my skin in the game. So yeah, there's a flat fee to use the name, but then there's also a royalty that comes quarterly. Got it. And mm -hmm. it's really cool because the product is hype hair, so it's your product pretty mm -hmm. much. And people look like, yo, I'm going to get the hype hair. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. And I guess that's that's a part of what you probably negotiated to get a good royalty saying I'm gonna promote it as well. Exactly. So I have skin in the game for sure. So I'm running ads I'm going to shoot my content into Nordstrom's rack saying this is where you can find the product. So, yeah, it's a, so, it's a win for them. It's a win for us, too. It's a good relationship. I love it. Acquisition of Hyper. Mm -hmm. What all did you get? I got the trademarks. Okay. I got the liabilities. <laughs> all the bills? <laughs> all the bills. <laughs> um, I got the infrastructure. Okay. I got the social media handles. And I got the relationships. Good. So did they print the magazines themselves? No, the printing was outsourced. So we're not printing right now. Honestly, I think the way people consume content like changes so often Yeah. and magazines are just like such a, it's just like not a thing. Yeah. Like my daughter is 19 and when I told her I brought hype hair, she was like, what is that? So I showed her, <laughs> she was like, you brought an Instagram page? Like, why did you buy Instagram? So it doesn't even resonate to yeah. like a younger audience that it's a magazine. Um, so there's Got really it. no value in us printing the magazine right now, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah. Well, is I would imagine, you know, like your analytics demographic older. Yeah. People who. I mean, when you say era. older, my age. So I'm 39. Mm -hmm. So our, our target is 35 to 45 women of color. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess as a woman, so I'm 38. We're, I'm about to be 39. So we're the same age. Okay. Yeah. I would imagine that. As a, if I'd have had a sister, mm -hmm. that it would mean more to her than me because I just didn't pay attention. I was playing basketball for like sure. That. Yeah, yeah. No, it, most men, it's like, okay, that's yeah. cute. You have a hair magazine, but when women I tell a black, age. they're like, "Girl, you own hype hair." Like women my age get it. Wow, they totally get it. Got you. Mm -hmm. And um, the only revenue revenue model the brand had was the magazine. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You don't have to answer, but I... I'm I will. Just, I'm okay. like an open book. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. <laughs> what was... Because this is important. Because now I'm actually starting to think of like some magazines that I grew up with. And is there... Or some things that I was... Um, I was really in love with. Yeah. As a child. And maybe they're kind of phasing out because they've been doing it for so long. And yeah. maybe there's a time to revitalize it. Mm -hmm. But w you were working for Hyper. Yeah, like shooting content for them gotcha. and like, um, yeah, because I had the beauty supply store. Yeah. So there was like some synergy there with me working with them. So Got it. not like full time, but off and on. Got it. OK, yeah. good, good, good. So when you were looking at the um, the balance sheets or like the P&Ls, mm -hmm. what did you discover? Like, was it like how profitable was it? Was it just break it even? Um, it wasn't super profitable. There were some months that were break even. But at mm -hmm. the end of the year, they were in the green. 
Gotcha. So I felt like that was six figures in the green. Nah, nah, nah. We talking five figures. In okay, the green. <laughs> five figures in the green. And this was the, the thing. Of one of the five first things. <laughs> um, one. It was like, you know, when you take over a publication, you take over any business. Like people are nervous because they don't know like what your agenda is. Like yeah. what? You, like I had to lay off like eighty percent of the staff. Really? Yeah. How many staff was on there when you? I was like. 14 or 15 people and it's probably just been people there got the relationship with the owner just that's you got a really job. what it was mm. people working remotely not really a lot of accountability and it's mm. like how do you justify this much payroll yeah so within like 45 days i let go of most of the staff Ugh. So it's a lot of people that probably don't like that i brought hype hair not bad. but i had to do what i had to do to For keep sure. the brand you know what I'm saying? For sure. I mean, at the rate it was going, it's probably gonna close out anyway. For sure. And that's what I saw. Because <clears throat> yeah. you can't you can't just pay people, work remotely, they don't have accountability and you know, people have good intentions, but the truth is if you don't have any benchmarks for people, it like what do they have to Yeah. The and there wasn't a, an amount that they wanted, you just had to bid on it. <clears throat> oh well no, they threw out an amount. They threw out a seven figure amount. Yeah, and I was just like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Um, and we negotiated mm -hmm. a lot down. So I brought the magazine for six figures, but, um. How much? You said you were open book. I, I'm just going off what you told me. I wouldn't have asked, well, I would have asked anyway, but. I like, mean, I guess it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't I, matter. Um, he started at a million. I got him down to 200,000. you ain't playing. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, is that I'm a black woman. Everybody mm -hmm. else that bid on it, we're not black. We're mm -hmm. not women. What were they going to do with it? Yeah. And that was my argument. Give it to a black woman so it can thrive. Yeah. And then maybe it could come back as a consultant, right? Ah. So I'm still cool with the old owner. Like, yeah. we talk all the time. What is he he's, doing now? Um, he's helping me, actually. We're, like, working on some projects together. So you hire him as a consultant? If I need to, yeah. Mm -hmm. As, you know. Okay. Right now we're working on doing an actual product line, like shampoos, conditioners, mm. and he has, like, a lot of insight with that. Not backed by... Con Air, though. No. Okay. Uh -uh, this is going to be independently standing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you got that 200000 back already, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. That's amazing. I'm working on it. Yeah, sure. that's good. So do you have you have a website, I would imagine, it's just continue mm -hmm. to update? So you kept that person on staff, like continue to... No, actually, I let that person go. And you know what? I hired my cousin. Shout out to <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> my cousin was a webmaster, and she's just, she's just like, she's my little cousin. Yeah. So she's, yeah. She's our digital director and she took over and she's doing an amazing job. Good, and good. She has been for the last three years. I don't advise people to hire family, but this is like. Yeah, special situation. It works. It is a special situation good, for sure. Good, good. Okay, did you have a physical building for Hybear? I did not when I purchased it, but yeah. I ended up buying Never a building was. to house everything, to house the staff, to have space for the beauty supply business because mm. I'm still running that in LA. Um, and then with that, I brought in beauty people to like rent out suites in it so it's kind of like a salon suite but mm. it's still like a high pair office that's dope. so it's a little bit of both good dang that's crazy 200 oh th this is my question before i i find out what you did with the two hundred thousand. what makes fan base difference different in terms of social responsibility because you were saying they make all this money mm -hmm. and they don't bring it back to the hood what, is, what makes fan base different because we don't run ads so it's not based on advertising at all based on rep share no it's a rep share model Meaning you can have followers and subscribers on the exact same page, which is why when 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 Instagram started doing subscriptions, 
we knew that was a big sign because remember, I told you Apple would not let me build what I wanted to build at first. Mm-hmm. Me and Romero went, and this is a great, this, is, this, is, this shows you how great a CTO Romero is. We said, okay, I spent all this money. And Apple says, I said, we want to build an app where people can subscribe to people, but like use like the fingerprint or the face scan and they just charge. And they were like, no, you can't do that. And we were like, why? And they said, well, we have this thing called a subscription profile. It means every time you subscribe to a product like Spotify or Tidal, on the back end, we have this thing, a profile for you. They said, we're not going to let you build an app that you could have a user subscribe to a hundred million, I mean, a hundred people. And then you want it with a hundred million users. And we got to keep up with billions of subscription profiles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're screwed. I said, I spent all this money to do this. We ain't going to be able to do it. And me was like, no, he goes, listen to what they're saying. He goes, that means you're about to do something that hasn't been done before. Mm. He says, follow their rules. So we're not going to break them, but we're going to bend them. So the initial prototype of fan base was you could subscribe to one person. That's a profile. You could subscribe to three people, that's a profile, or you could subscribe to five people, that's a profile. And they said, okay, you can do that. And we built that. Mm-hmm. And then we heard Instagram was doing subscriptions, and we hit Apple, and it was like, wait a minute. And they were like, oh, yeah, you should reach out to subscriptions. We've had a change of heart of the way we view subscriptions. And oh, like, wow. Like, oh, word, wow. Oh, word. Word. <laughs> cool. But we did it, so we, we transitioned in. And so now you can subscribe to as many people as you want. Like they created SKUs, like they changed the model of subscriptions mm. and let you create SKUs with price points. And you can have a, as many, you know, a certain number of price points and subscribe to as, you know, as many people as you want to. So I was like, oh, we did that. We were the first app to do it. So they're following you. They have to, though. But I'm not worried because they're, they're, there's, there's a, it's a big world out here, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's, and, and again, them kids are not coming to Instagram. Yeah. I'll be on my fan base too, man. I get I get a, a notification from you every day because you be like, there'd be a particular topic. Yeah. Like, all right, Grant Cardone says this. Let's talk about it. I'm like, okay, I'll see what's going on. Here's a, so so my, my goal for fan base is like subscription is going to change the world, right? right. It's going to really change the way because it's so much money that people are making because what social media has built um, their legacy off of is like fame and clout and notoriety. 100%. That leads to revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like give an exhaustive amount of content, go viral, and then maybe become famous from that. Mm-hmm. And so much of my experience in the music industry has prepared me for tech because nothing's more grimy than the music business. So once I got into <laughs> tech, I was like, oh, this is easy. This yeah. is going to be easy. But it reminded me of the mixtape game. It's like, okay, so social media is like mixtapes. You just throw out mixtapes after mixtape, and then the one song they hit, and you get famous, and you might become a star. That's where social media is right now. And so I was like, okay, but that is a cultural, black culture behavior as opposed to white culture behavior. What's the white culture? White community puts a value on something the moment that they create it, and they charge you for it. They do. There's never, you don't see no country mixtapes, no pop Mixtapes, <laughs> EDM mixtapes. Hold, hold on, Garth ain't make no Garth Brooks ain't make no. no mixtapes. And then on top of that, when you get to, when you look at platforms like Patreon, like when I mm-hmm. check them out, the majority of the creators on there are white that make the most money, and they they started they might have started in 2016, but they're making 198 thousand dollars a month off 20 thousand people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So I tell people, I tell people, do you want a million followers or do you want a million dollars? Because I know people with 13 million followers on TikTok that are broke. Yeah, 100%. All it takes is 5,000 people paying you 
$2.50 a month, right? That gives you $12,500 a month, $150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. 50,000 people is twelve. 50,000 people is $125,000 a month, $1.5 million a year. So imagine that the average American salary is $47,000 a year. All you need is 5,000 people paying you $2.50 a month. You're making 150 grand a year, more than 97% of Americans. That's the future. And mm. nothing's going to stop that now. Now that we're all connected through mobile devices, there's seven and a half billion people on the planet with a smartphone, only 222 million people on Netflix, only 616, I mean, 200, yeah, 616 million people on music streaming services. But seven and a half billion people being able to subscribe to another seven and a half billion people is going to obliterate the revenue that any of those platforms can make combined. Wow. Nothing will beat that. So uh, you're saying you don't run ads. But that doesn't necessarily ruin the experience. It and it seems like at some point, fan base will run ads. But here's the thing. If I run ads, I have to compete with you. Where's the value? I have to, as soon as I start running ads, I'm in competition with you. Hmm. Okay. Why would they run ads with me? They'd be like, oh, I can just run ads on one of the famous people on fan base. There are other things that we can do. I just wanted something free that people could say, look, I, I can and I, and I say I, I can I can start my my web series like Awkward Black Girl and take it all the way to Insecure on Fanbase from the very beginning. So I can start mm. out with oh we had a hundred subscribers in season two we got five thousand subscribers in season three we got three hundred thousand subscribers. Now we don't went and bought a little studio and we got to sit and I can pay we got cameras and everything we don't blowing this thing up now and right. it just keeps going. When I tell people the amount of money that's going to be made right. And I can hypothesize, right, and 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 show you, like, um, The Rock has, I think it's like 360 million followers on social media, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not his fan base. Think about this: everybody, five percent of the people that follow you are your fan base. The other 95 percent of people that follow you follow you passively, like a magazine at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. They're nosy or they're haters, right? <laughs> the other five percent is your fan base. Because if that was the case, every time Beyonce drop an album, she sell 200 million copies. Yeah. No. She's on 200 million copies. It's like she's got the beehive. What's up, podcaster or soon to be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know ATL, baby, Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal there's like 14 million people worldwide they go see your shows buy our products and stuff like that so the rock has about 18 million five hundred thousand people right mm -hmm. that follow him on that, that are his fan base of that 360 right yeah so let's hypothesize real quick to say Brother, you know these numbers like give him a round of applause you know these numbers i'll tell you them stats so, being smart about your business golly this is impressive so let's hypothesize that the rock says i'm going to charge 14.99 a month to subscribe directly to me on fan base for content me working out Stuff that I'm mm. working on with my movies, whatever. And he takes half that revenue. Apple and Google take 30%. Right. We take 20 and give 50 to the user. That's right in line with YouTube. YouTube Shorts actually takes 55% of the revenue. You get 45. Mm. Twitch is 50-50. And TikTok pays about two to four cents per thousand views. Okay. So let's just say he makes $7.50 a subscriber, right? So we'll just take that number. This is what he would make a month. 138 million. Right. And this is what he would make a year. 1.6 billion. billion. And what I'm saying is no matter what any of us do, that is about to happen because there's nothing. And, and, my, and what, what, what's always mm. so, what's always so crazy about this is social media is a very, is a psychological, it's a psychological masterclass on behavior patterns, right? Cause I've been studying this for years. Right. And this is what I mean. Is anybody familiar with OnlyFans? Everybody familiar with OnlyFans? Okay. No, I'm married brother. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's still market research. Never heard of it. It's, like, still, it's, still, it's still market research. But let me explain something to you. The very first time that I saw OnlyFans, I was like, yo, the strip club industry is dead. It's over. Mm. It's finished. You're telling me as a stripper that I don't have to stay up till four in the morning in a smoke-filled club with strange men grabbing all over my body and I might walk out of there with $1,200 when I can sit in my house mm. and make a thousand times the money 
and never see anybody. But yet, today, women are getting up right now to get ready to go to the strip club and strip. Mm -hmm. Because it's just what they know. Yeah. But there are a few women that I know that left and did OnlyFans, and they're millionaires. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. They're gone. They're making millions, like millions, like millions on OnlyFans. Because it's the world is your store. Yeah. There's nothing, so there's nothing that stops. And when I and, and, and I'll just show you so you see, there's nothing that stops. There's nothing that can stop this. Let me show you what I mean by nothing's gonna stop this. You see this user right here? So she has a a, a, a page, right? Mm-hmm. So I want you to see how fast. Show the camera. Show that camera right there. Oh, see if you guys can see it, but this okay. one right here. That let one me right turn here. My, let me turn my brightness down a little bit. Let me turn my brightness down a little bit, but let me go back. So if you see this right. To subscribe to a user, I hit that button, and then I hit this button again, and then boom, a thing comes up, and I subscribe to that user for four ninety nine a month or whatever. That's it. That's everybody on the planet. Mm. So the ability for everybody on the planet to receive revenue that fast. So That's so when crazy. Taylor Swift sells two million tickets in an hour on Ticketmaster, she can have two million subscribers in an hour that pay her month over month. Mm. No one's ever gone really viral. Like, but my, my point is it keeps happening. And I'd be like, y'all don't get this. Like when Bad Baby said she made $50 million on OnlyFans in a year, y'all didn't just drop what y'all were doing and be like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Like, if we can do that, and she made that money, that's real money that she made. Yeah. That's more money than Cardi, Lotto, Nikki, Megan, Doja. And and the first thing that I did is went to her OnlyFans and subscribed. Real talk. How was it? I it was 160, <laughs> no, listen, it was 160 pieces of content. Mm-hmm. She was in primarily bikinis and lingerie, and no video was longer than 10 seconds. Mm. Of 160 pieces of content, she made $50 million. <sighs> and I had this conversation, and I'll say this to anybody that's listening right now that hears this. If you do not start monetizing your content via subscription today, five years from now, you're going to be out earned by someone that is less talented than you are that simply decided to do so. It is not about the talent. It's about simply doing it. I've had, I've sat with comedians. I've sat with, I'm not going to name the names, but I've sat with comedians that are doing shows, $30 ticket shows in Atlanta comedy theater. And I show them this comedian named Tim Dillon, who has a podcast and Tim Dillon's making like $212,000 a month of like 30,000 people. And they're like, I'm funnier than Tim Dillon. Yeah, but he's bringing in $2.4 million a year. And you don't even know who he is because he's doing it off subscription. Mm. You're driving city to city in a van. He's shooting comedy specials and streaming them. And the and the audience, the money comes to him. He doesn't have to leave. Oh my gosh. I'm launching a Patreon this month. You shouldn't. No? No, you should launch a fan base. So long. I'm on fan base. No, but you should utilize. What I mean by that is you should see Patreon is not a social network. It's a content house. Once you go to Patreon and see your content, what else is there to do on Patreon? Nothing. Exactly. But people can come to subscribe to your content on Fanbase or be there for somebody else and discover you and then subscribe to you there. So it's the best of both worlds. It's the audience you bring and the audience that happens upon you. Well, obviously, Instagram stole that from you. They have subscribers. Mm-hmm. But it's only like your stories, I suppose. Or now you could do no, you can post. Too. Yeah. But again... What difference does it make if your content is not being seen by everybody? We don't suppress content. Meaning if you have 100 million followers on fan base and you post a piece of content, we're putting it on 100 million people's timelines. Mm. They might not see it all at the same time. They might see it like within a week, but we're not suppressing your content to run ads. That's the that's the advantage. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Dang, that's brilliant. 
what was the first inflection point? So I think we get excited. Mm -hmm. We're selling a product. People like it. We're making money. Mm -hmm. No problem. But I think in every business, there comes this point where you want to get to that next level, level mm -hmm. but there's a major roadblock in your way. Mm -hmm. What was the first big issue that maybe at some point, this is the thing that causes people to quit or mm -hmm. get depressed and say, I don't know if this is going to work. Mm -hmm. What was that first <laughs> Step. It's so funny because I, I think my definition of a roadblock is probably not the same as others. Mm -hmm. um, I know thing life is going to life and I know sure. things are going to happen and I never, I probably couldn't even recall. And I'm sure there's a thousand and one of them. Yeah. But say for instance, okay, I'm at home. I've done all this volume I've done at home. I did have three products. Deep so, conditioner. Deep conditioner. I had a hair butter. Then I had some vitamins, hair growth vitamins. Gotcha. So the hair growth vitamins really, really took the company to another to another level because nobody really was doing hair growth vitamins like that. And there's nobody in my space that has done what I have done in the vitamin space. Yeah. So when I went to retail, my first retailers now, this is where the Detroit comes in. <laughs> so I went, I went to present and I knew at this point, you always got to kind of outthink and you always have to think in the future. And this is just my mentality. Like no one has to teach me this. I'm always 20 steps ahead. Mm -hmm. So if I'm presenting to them, I'm not presenting to them what I have today. I'm presenting to them my vision, right? Mm. So not knowing if they're going to buy it or not, but I'm yeah. going to give you the vision. Went in there and sold the darn vision, a vision that I didn't even have. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, the average person would have showed yeah. them their three products yeah. that they've been selling. Sure. I, sold, I showed them like a seven collection line and they like we want it we'll take it all of them. i didn't even have a manufacturer now granted i was doing all these other products myself at home now i had a mm. manufacturer doing the vitamins yeah. but i was physically making the butter and the uh deep conditioner at home i didn't mm. have the shampoo the gel like i showed them this whole line of products like this is the way this is going to look i rebranded it like all that she like i want it i'm like okay i got it you know, you, so you didn't say, well, these four are not. Heck no, no, never, never, ever would I say that. Never. Why not? You can't ask me nothing if I got an I, and then I, I, no, it, it won't, never. The growth that I have had in this industry, it wasn't just because. You have to outthink. Any question I think you may, let me say, any area of struggle that I may have before I present. I'm going to put it in the presentation and answer that question before you even get there. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're curious, can I ship on time? Let me tell you before you even ask me. Yeah. So I'm always going to put it out and put it ahead before we even get there. You know, always. Like I will I will see a buyer and show them something. They're like, when is this? When you got this coming? That thing is a concept. I'm like, shoot, <laughs> next week? You know? <laughs> Wow. You know, so you always got to outthink. You always, like, I'm always 20 steps ahead. Always. So these other four products. Yeah. You've got to produce it. I and I would imagine it. you wouldn't have put it on there if you didn't have some sort of idea of how this thing is going to. No. <laughs> you, you a gangster. <laughs> like, I'd be like, hey, listen, Let, Walmart. Okay, I'm not going to front. First. I'm not going to front. I knew I could, I knew I have the ability to make some calls. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, worst case can happen is I come back to you and say, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. That's the worst case. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. But people won't even put themselves in a position to make that happen. Yeah. And it's not about necessarily lying because it is. I did tell them they did know that I didn't have it because yeah. they could see what I'm selling on my, on my online. Sure. This is what's coming. Yeah. Now, when do I need it? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> when do I have to get it to you? Right, right, right. Is the million dollar question. <laughs> that's a fact. That's you a see fact. what I'm saying? Like that. So that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to show you all my cards. I don't have yeah. to lie. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't have to show you all of my cards. Mm. And this is how we can have, like, I launched 
four or five different collections exclusively in a retail store. And this has never been, never happened for in this industry. Oh, wow. Never. You want this collection, go to Walmart. You want this collection, go to Target. You want this one, go to CVS. Never happened. You know why it's never happened? Why? Because people feel obligated that they have to tell everybody everything. And this is something I teach my team. You're not obligated to tell anybody anything. Courtney, do you have a collection for me? I do. You're not going to sell this collection to nobody else. No, I won't. But I'm going to sell this one to them. Mm, so you'll have, let's say a collection is five different mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. So you'll create those products for that five. Mm -hmm. The other, then you go to CVS, that, that was for Target. Then you go to CVS mm -hmm. and say, I have five products for mm -hmm. you. But the five that they're seeing selling is what they want, no? No, everybody wants new and exclusive. Now, everybody can't do that. I had to prove myself to be able to do that. Yeah, You see what I'm saying? But no, like I want to get, you know, I'm a, you know, I like you so much and I appreciate this relationship so much. I want to launch something exclusive in here just for you guys. Hmm. Nobody else. You sure? Just for y'all. Well, we want it for at least six months. You got it. Six months. You got it and you got it and you got it. <laughs> so you have to think of products that you haven't already created exactly. to give to this this group exactly with the same integrity same uh for quality sure. for sure same heat i i keep i kept at least five or six collections in my pocket at all times at any given time i can go to a retailer and meet with one and they're like you know you know this is what we got we just talking about business and yeah. it's so funny because another thing in business you work with a lot of distributors right again being from detroit i had to learn very quickly that a distributor don't work just for you. Mm -hmm. They work for everybody. Yeah. You know, and there's some friends I have in the industry that's in my same industry, and I will talk to them and tell them how to operate. Like, I talked to one of my uh, a friend, and I asked her, I said, well, do you go to these meetings when you sit with Walmart? She said, no, my, my people go. Mm. I said, mm -mm. I said, it's mistake number one. She said, you go to all those meetings? I said, I have never had a meeting for Target, Walmart, CVS, anybody, and I wasn't present. Never. Because when I'm not there, you're talking about other brands. Yeah. When I'm here, the main choice uh, is the only thing you're talking about. And this is how I was able to grow so quick and control my business. Gotcha. If they're in the room by themselves, they sell they talking about they got. Yes. They, like, they don't even want you to give it to the Courtney because they got 10 other clients. Yeah. Can you just get Courtney 500 doors? If I'm there, I'm getting 5,000 doors. If I'm not there, oh, they only gave you 500. Dang, okay. I'm grateful. No, no. I'm not going to be in that situation. What? Oh, my gosh. So there's so much. This is an entrepreneurial master class Yeah, right I mean, now. like, it, it, listen, my life has been a journey. It has been a journey dealing with business and scaling it and then seeing how big business work. Yeah. Because we don't, like, we really don't. And there's so many things that I was just like, wow, this is how business work? Like, this is a doggy dog world. Mm. Never forget, I was at a, 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 a meeting and I got some paperwork back and it said, you know, with uh, one of my retailers, they said they're granting your new collection, 800 doors. Mm -hmm. And I got a piece of paper by mistake that my team, my distributors proposed 800 doors. They proposed 800. They proposed. And they got what they and proposed. They, exactly. And when I got this piece of paper, I said, why does it say 800 as proposed? Oh, no, that's just a placeholder. 
I said, no, no, no. Another thing I did, every retailer I dealt with, I didn't, again, this is why I told my friend, get in that room and establish that relationship yourself. Mm -hmm. I had their numbers. I had their emails. So you telling me 800, I'm going to do it professionally. But it's so went back, email. Thank you so much for the 800 doors. I'm very appreciative. I would have loved to have them more because, you know, I'm about to make this campaign. I'm about to blow it out the water. Oh, well, you could do more than eight. For sure I can. Oh, double it. Wow. You got to run your business. And this is why people, uh, I'm going to step back. When I step back is when I step back with the main choice and I stole it. That's when I step back. Either you in it or you not. And I'm not going to say you have to be in the details of everything, but we people always want to step back in the areas that really move the needle. Yeah, They want the glitz and glam. Forget that. Like what you see on social media, I give it to you sometime. But when you see me just MIA and I ain't seen Courtney, I'm making it happen. I'm yeah. scaling. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm grinding. Yeah. So why these particular places, Arkansas, Tennessee, you said, right? Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Why these particular, we can't get out of Atlanta? Uh, Cause it's, it's like real estate anywhere you go. So if you buy something in the middle of Atlanta, the price is going to be higher versus if you go to Alabama. Right. So True. it's just about me knowing where I could get the most bang for my buck. That's number one. Number two, I like to buy areas that's more, I say, like rural, rural areas, suburban areas, right? Um, and I want to see whatever the market is growing. So think about 2020. A lot of people start moving out of the city. Like New York, everybody was getting out of there. Cali, yeah. everybody's getting out. They're going to Vegas. New York, they're going to Pennsylvania. A lot of people going to Florida. So I want to be where the population is growing, not where the population is going down. So a lot of people in New York, they moved to Pennsylvania. There was a 13% population increase in Pennsylvania alone in 2020. Mm. So if everybody's moving, guess what? They use a storage unit because they're moving in and out. They're relocating. So now they need my services. Arkansas. Arkansas was one of the top five cities in 2020 that people moved to. Mm. So that's really why I picked my pockets because wherever people are moving to, that's why I want to, I want to get ahead of it. So I'm in real estate. I, I have some real estate. I have some units in uh, Louisiana. I got a bunch in Louisiana, but my sister Terica, she lives there. She manages it. She understands real estate better than anybody that I know. So I trust it, put my money in because her money's tied into it too. So we're good there. Mm -hmm. But I am afraid of investing in a project that I, I can't like get to. So it, it, it's not me with that fear, bro. Yeah. It's not about what it's about who, right? So I hire a management company. The management company does everything. How do you know how to trust the management company? And this is their business here. You know, like <laughs> they get paid when I get paid and it's not just me hiring somebody off the street. This is well-known management companies. And you think about all the big self storage facilities. It's actually management companies that manage these facilities. It's not the actual owner. This is their job. This is their business. This is their credibility. here. So, so you go into the market, you go to Arkansas, and I guess the first question is, who manages specifically storage facilities? The first thing I'm going to do when I go to the market, I'm going to look in a five-mile radius. What are the facilities around the facility that I'm looking to buy? Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go to those facilities that I'm, look, that I'm not looking to buy, but it's around the area, and I'm going to act like I'm a tenant. Hey, how many units do you have available? What's the rent? What are you charging, right? I'm just picking their brain so I can know over here. If they are at full, if this competitor is at full capacity, 
then I want to buy that facility because where else, where, where else is everybody else going? Because they're full. There's a bunch of people that is looking for a unit and they can't find nothing because that person is full. So they're going to come over here. If you are not full and you have a lot of units available, then that's kind of that's kind of shaky, right? But I'm also going to ask them, hey, you know, what's the management company's name? Because most mostly the management. I'm sorry. What's the sign of okay? They they're not full. They got a bunch of units, and they're like, hey, no, we're wide open. How many you need? If they wide open. That's that's scary because the demand may not be there, right? The population may be low. People don't have the money. So I don't like to go in an area where the income is too low because if you if your income is too low. You barely can afford your rent. What's the chance of you spending extra money to get a storage unit? I can't even afford this over here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are indicators will determine whether or not I want to buy. However, back to your original question, right? When I go inside that facility, the person that's at the front office works for the management company. I'm going to have a conversation. Hey, you know, what company you work for? What's the management company? Just casual. Pick up what they saying. All right, cool. Mm. I'll call. I'll call later. And now that's how I want to find out who's the the primary management service in that area. Man, smart, yo. <laughs> you man smart. Yeah, so you make this big exit. And last question on this. The exit itself. I, I think maybe I see, I don't know. Let me just ask. Mm-hmm. So the number, right? Let's just say the exit is $100. Mm-hmm. Is the hundred Hey y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school and they need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Yuffie lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. No drilling required. It's keyless entry so it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store 0.3 second fingerprint recognition listen you put your fingerprint on there you don't have, even if you got you got your bags you put one finger out there boop you get to unlock your door that way no battery anxiety you don't have to worry about the battery dying quick charging it's incredible also passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally. and You don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Eufy is on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. All backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay? Listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, Eufy, E-U-F-Y dot com. I just... Order mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's it's, it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy, video lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door, okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, 
backdoor incredible. Okay, so search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas Podcast today. Dollars. Was yours like, yo, they give you the whole $100 or? No, they, they don't really want to do that, especially with entrepreneurs, because yeah. at the end of the day, we can kill the business. You know what I mean? So no one wants to give you everything, because what if I just next day like, deuces? Like, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you always want to do, they will always do. And I all, especially like I said with us, because who knows? Um, but it's always some type of process and you get earnouts. Like this is your earnout here, this is your earnout here type of thing. So as it kind of go, go on, just to make sure the transition is smooth. But is that because they're trying to pace the success of it over a certain period of time? Not really. They, they want to make sure you stay in the game because it's easy to, to sell off an ocean, to sell off on the on the island. So it's not it's not buy out. You give me my money. I'm going home. Don't call me. You still no. Have it's to... it's hard when you're an entrepreneur and they knew that it took you to grow it. Yeah. The last thing they're gonna want to do is have you to just be withdrawn out the company like that. I see. You know what I mean? It can kill the business. I see. Yeah. Are you still in it? I'm in it as an investor. I am the single, and this is another thing. I'm like, hold on, you're in it as an investor. You sold it to them. They gave you money. You I gave them back. I, so this is the thing. So when I went, when I exited the company and I was getting all this heat, oh my God, you sold the company. You have to understand, I turned around and bought into the entire portfolio who purchased my company. So not only do I own the main choice, I am the single largest shareholder in the company who purchased mine, which has at least, what, five or six, seven other brands. So while everybody thought it was a sale. Hold on. I know, I know, I know. Hold on, hold so on. So even through Oberly, do you know we sell the main choice? So people like, how? Like, how did you do? People like, how did you do? People who know business was like, did I just send the main choice under Oberly? I was like, yeah, you did. You did. You so, okay. The company buys it. Yeah. They, they buy the main choice. <laughs> yeah. Is it through the transaction you retain ownership or you you? I left money in it. to purchase shares into the entire portfolio. Oh, which means, which means the acquisition amount is unclear because we don't know how much you're gonna make. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, you going crazy? <laughs> you a real businesswoman for real, for real. The world. 1944, America becomes, before that, the, the dollar is an IOU, mm. right? 1944, we signed what's called a Britain Woods Agreement. So, I'm lying. 1944, yeah, we signed a Britain Woods Agreement saying that gold would be backed by the dollar. The dollar would be backed by gold. America becomes the dominant player mm. in the world. So, now, the dollar is the most powerful currency. Now, there's what's called foreign exchanges, I'm sorry, real quick. When it said, when we say um, this is really like a history lesson for me. When it said, when they say a dollar is backed by gold, 
What does that mean exactly and why did they do that? Meaning I can only, meaning now the dollar has a hard asset behind it. Let me give you an example. So let's say, this is going to be good. Let's say I go to jail and my people want to pay my bond. Well, they'll say the only way we can let them out is if you have collateral. What's the collateral? A house. Mm-hmm. So now the, my freedom is associated with the value of the house. Yes. You feel me? So the dollar now becomes associated with the value of the gold. Got it. That Got gives it. it power. Got it. Without the value of the gold, it's worthless. Right. Because now you a, can go trade this dollar in for some gold. So this is, what we, this is where we get in trouble at. So this is where stuff get real at. So now... Fast forward now the the dollar in all the countries so there's there's foreign banks around the world, right? Central banks around the world, foreign central banks around the world. Mm-hmm. So now they're all saying, "Yo, we agree that the dollar is the world <laughs> currency. Okay. We agree to do business with this dollar because the dollar is backed. It's by backed something. by gold. Yeah, we agree. Everybody agree. Right. Everybody agree. Plus they got big guns over there." <laughs> If I want to trade these dollars in, I can get some lumps of gold. You feel so me? I'll take it. It is. So now what happens is during that same round of 70s, so Richard Nixon is in office, America is fighting inflation. Inflation is high. But then what happens is Japan, and I won't say, yeah, Japan introduces um, the Hyundai, the Hyundai. The car mm-hmm. and Germany introduces the Volkswagen. Okay. So they start selling them to America. What happens is while they selling them to America, you're now taking money and gold from America. Mm-hmm. Import, export. Yes. Right? But America at the time is fighting an inflation battle. So if America keep getting off all his money and his gold, because mind you, you can only you can't print money like you can now. Yeah. You can only get rid of what, what you have in gold. Gotcha. Gotcha. You gotcha, feel gotcha, me? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You can only get rid of, so you, you can't get rid of all your gold. Yeah. Of we broke. Yeah. So Richard Nixon comes in and say, hey, check this out. I got a, got a game plan. This is about to be gangster. I got something for y'all. We got to change the game up right quick. So America like, bro, what we going to do? He said, check it. We going to break the agreement. What agreement? We're going to break the Brenton Woods agreement. Why would we break that agreement? Well, check this out. If we keep selling to Germany and Tokyo and Japan, we're not going to have no more gold. But if we take the dollar off the gold, then we can print as much money as we want and we can just still hold the gold. Mm. That's actually smart. That's why they call him Tricky Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call him Tricky Dicky. Nixon said, check it. I... This ain't going to work. Yeah, so they only have a certain amount of resources. We only got enough. So so let me ask you, when when they when it was on the gold standard, were they trading cars for actual gold? No, but only for the money. Mind you, I can only print as much money as I have gold. Yes. So even though you got the money, the value is in the gold. Right. You with me? Yeah. So if I keep doing business with you, you taking all my money and I can't keep printing money because I only got so much gold. Right. So I so I would imagine that Richard Nixon was 
nervous that yes. one day they come and cash in. They come in on and all this gold because they got. Mind you, the Volkswagen and the it was going crazy. Right. So all the money's going out the country. It's going out the country. And one day and we, we just and we don't and we don't got enough. Right. We don't got enough being produced in America. Yeah. We don't got enough. We don't got enough being produced. So we got money going out. But even but we we got the cars coming in, but they taking the money. Mm. You with me? Because we selling it to them. Yes. We buying the cars. We got to get them the money. Yeah. So when they getting the money, in essence, they taking the gold. Yeah, for sure. You with me? That makes sense. That makes sense. So Nixon comes, Nixon like, bro, hey, hey, we got to, hey, we got to, we got to change something up. Mm. So Nixon says, hey, what we going to do is we going to print the money, mm-hmm. but we going to break the agreement. Because if we break the agreement, now the money ain't back to nothing. Mm-hmm. We can just keep on printing. And we can just print. We're rich forever. We're going to be rich forever. <laughs> but what happens in that situation is, and I, I I say this and people get mad at me when I say it, but the only, you put anybody in a situation where you can, just say I give you a key to the bank. And I say, you know what, Shan? You go to this bank whenever you want, bro. Mm. Bro, the preacher going to have all kind of preaching funds for the pulpit that need to be done. The only person that's not going to use that is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everybody else going to get some money out of the bank, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's free. Yeah. So now they just print money. But that still was okay. That was all right. Okay. Because America then started attaching the money to all kind of other stuff. Like? Oil. So now, America, I got a big gun. <laughs> this is what Saddam Hussein and yo, check this out. We're gonna create, listen. If anybody wanna trade oil, you're gonna do that in American dollar. Oh. So we're gonna call that the petrodollar. Now, of course, I know your listeners are gonna come and be like, this happened, this happened. So I'm just cutting straight to the meat. Yeah, for sure. I ain't saying all the other, yeah. you know, I'm so. Yo, this we go- might be the fire's history lesson I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life, bro. I don't remember nothing from history other than the Boston Tea Party and they Which was about of, taxes too. They just put which was all about them. taxes. The people said we not paying them taxes. Y'all are tripping. So why they throw the tea in the water? That was a weird showing y'all, bro. We not paying them taxes to lose the tea. Oh, because tea was valuable at that point. We ain't paying them tax. America been on that. So watch. So America says, listen to the other countries. Y'all want to trade oil? You got to trade in American money. At the time, America's still good. Mm-hmm. I still got that big gun. I still got a big old gun. <laughs> a bustle move. I and at the you. time, Russia doing its thing with the Soviet Union. So they internal chaos going on. China's trying to rebuild. So at the time... They big dog. Nobody can't. What we doing? Mm. Don't play with me. <laughs> and I, the the fear is if you go against it, America goes to war with you. And you don't want to go to war with them. You don't want to go to war with them. Because we got a big gut. Now, people will say America lost the war in Vietnam. And I won't be I won't disagree with that, but in the history books, they got America won. <laughs> Am I lying? 
I don't know. I, I don't. I the Vietnamese people, Muhammad Ali, and was like, I ain't going to fight no Viet Cong. Ain't no yeah. Viet Cong did me nothing. Yeah. But in the history books, America came out on top. Mm-hmm. You feel okay. me? Okay. So what happens is now you got, we not attached to gold, but now you got to buy oil in the U.S. dollar which now gives America even more power because not only is it the world reserve, we got it attached to oil, but also now we can put sanctions on other countries. So a sanction is like, let's say I said, Shans, you went to Korea and we don't agree with you going over there. We're going to put a hundred million dollar sanction on you. Mm, that a hit? No. What happens is you got to pay a tax now. It's a penalty. Mm. But now you got to pay the penalty in American dollars. No matter what your... <laughs> Dang, bruh. What are we doing? I, yo, I didn't know America bruh, was... <laughs> they're, they're gangsters, bruh. Like, they ain't, people be thinking Americans be tripping over here. No, they put their footprint over the world, bruh. They don't, no. bro. And so what happens is, bro, they've been had stronghold for so long. This ain't the first time people been trying to get up from under that American dollar. Mm. Go ask Gaddafi what happened. What happened? They killed him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.